Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, boys and girls. How are you? You know, today is going to be a wonderful day. Today could be a wonderful day for many reasons. We might get mail from the postman. Or we might just get a song from Ace. Because I'm back. I know oh, you like that. How long you been back, man? Welcome, 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 I see the girls in the club, they're getting wild for me. And all the pretty chicks all want to smile at Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 60 of the Strickland Mailbag Patreon edition. I guess that's the title. This is my first time doing this. I'm Drew. Schwinn's not here. He decided to bail on you guys because he sucks. And when I asked him why... Is he not doing the podcast? He said, quote unquote, to spend more time with your mom. So that's that's what we got here. So it's true. And we're going to have a rotating cast of characters now for the Patreon mailbag. It's going to be great. But before we get started, I have to make an announcement that Strickland is Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland every Friday that I do with Prez. You also get access to the new look mailbag that will be hosted by Drew Steele. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation about basketball and the Knicks never stops. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to my solo pod, Strick and Roll, uh, that I do every week. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. There's further tiers, $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like live watch parties, listening in on pod recordings, even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly. If you choose to subscribe, thank you very much. And if not, still, thank you very much. None of this would be possible without you. So without further ado, let's get started. Today, we have two very special guests to my left. It is, I don't even, we probably should have discussed first how everyone wants to be introduced, but... We'll do this right now. It is Derek. Derek, how's it going? If you don't know Derek, explain yourself because I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> so where can you find me on Twitter? What do you do? What's your Zodiac uh, sign? What's up, Drew? What's up, Jeff? What's up, Patreon? Uh, yes, my name Jeff's, is Eric. <laughs> Jeff's the other guest. We'll, we'll get them in the <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> you can find me at D underscore Rife on Twitter. Uh, I've been writing for the Strickland for, I guess, a couple of years now. You've probably seen my uh, snark tweets on the interwebs. Um, big fan of the Kristaps Porzingis trade, although the door is open for him to return. It's easy. He may come back to return. <laughs> uh, if you've seen RJ Barrett's stats, that's one of my babies as well. <laughs> um, I do I do enjoy RJ Barrett's that stats. That shit cracks me up. It's so... <laughs> So what? There's so good, like cherry pick stuff. I'm just like, this is perfect. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's memory, but at the end of the day, it gets the job done. Yeah, it's all love. 
And our second guest to my right, it is, I, I don't even know how to pronounce your last name, Jeff. Is it Rasmussen? Uh, it's, Ra- it's Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Isn't there a U there, though? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm butchering it. I'm butchering my own last name, which is a great <laughs> way to start with this. But yes, it's like uh, Musin. Sorry. <laughs> It's all good. And Jeff, where can everyone uh, where can everyone find you? Oh yeah, I'm Frank Barrett, eleven yeah eleven nine. I was gonna say nine eleven, but yeah, I I always I always forget that it's not nine eleven for obvious reasons. Yeah, for at Frank Barrett eleven nine. No, we never forget nine eleven. Right? Yeah, so. <laughs> we can never forget. Um, but yeah, Frank Barrett eleven nine on Twitter. I'm the person who still is alone on. Frank Nilakina Island and loves Emmanuel quickly. That's uh, it's always going to be me. And I do a lot of the uh, clip threads for the Strickland account sometimes, like at, mostly during the or during the season. Obviously, I did summer league last year too. But that's hey, what I do. What oh, I handle. summer league clips. Yeah, <laughs> that be fun. I will say I, I have to say uh, I, you know, I agree with. Your uh, your temperament there, but as someone who actually doesn't follow college basketball that closely, you know you went into summer league thinking, like <laughs> Qu- Qu- Quentin Grimes for example, the read on him, the scouting report on him was, here's someone who has a nice jump shot, will defend well, but that's it, and like he might have been mm-hmm. bad value at 25, but I watched him for four games in summer league, and you know not gonna not to toot my own horn here, but it was like okay he can already do stuff off the dribble. He, he his shot release is so high. He's going to be able to shoot at an NBA le- level immediately, and his def- defense is actually being underrated, even though people touted it because mm-hmm. he's versatile and he works his ass off. Like it was obvious to me from day one that he was ready to go. Um, so there is some value there. I'm not going to say you know I was 100 percent right, but I, I really enjoyed doing it. I'm definitely going to do it again this year. Oh, it's going to be fun. So it looks like Jeff doesn't follow college basketball. Derek, do you follow any? college basketball i do not um <laughs> when i was at school we were in a big we were in a big college basketball team uh we did make the tournament once but i was able to basically get front row seats every time uh northwestern wildcats go cats baby um and since then i don't think i've really watched a lick of college basketball that's amazing i i think college basketball is an inferior product and i don't watch it and you're, and we have draft stuff we have to um, answer, and it's going to be wonderful because I don't know anything. It looks like none of us do. So <laughs> get ready, guys, for your, for the Patreon, guys. This is the content you're paying for. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to get right into it. We got a bunch of questions from the Patreon. I'm, I'm, I have it in the order that they were asked, and that's how we're going to read them. I'm not going to section them off. And any sort of like grouping, like this is what you guys, the patrons, have provided us. And yeah, so we're going to get right into it. I got to pull up my screen for the questions. Okay, our first question, guys, is from Far Off the Mark. And this is, and he said, question for the first Drew edition of the mailbag. Rank these players Julius had the biggest issue playing alongside last season and briefly explain why. And his choices are RJ, Mitch, IQ, and Evan. So, Evan Fournier. So, I'm going to throw it to Derek first. If you were to pick one guy, who's the guy that Julius Randle, like, really had a – you thought that Julius Randle had a big problem playing with? 
for me, it's always Mitchell Robinson. It's been Mitchell Robinson, um, regardless of any sort of body language type aspects of it. They've just never really quite clicked as a fit for one another, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when Randall is not defending the perimeter or shooting from the perimeter. Um, It just really hasn't worked for whatever reason. I actually pulled this one up. Guess how many passes Julius Randall threw to Mitchell Robinson all of last season? Because this data exists. It does. It's on NBA stats. I'm going to say 36. Oh, yeah. You're, <laughs> go for it. Go for it, Jeff. Jeff what's your guess? I, I'm going to assume it's way lower based on his response. I mean, I would have guessed. I... <laughs> so it's higher. It's higher. But so they played. Let's see how many games they played together. They played 67 games together. He threw 120 passes to Mitchell Robinson. This is not assists. This is just. Just passes. <laughs> but wait. So it's less than two passes. I don't game. think you played 71 games, though. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess that makes more sense. I, I was thinking was, of it differently. I apologize. <laughs> that that was a very stupid answer. Yeah, I... I'm mixing up Which is insane. To, that to is, guy, his, starting, his starting center, less than two passes a game. He had 20 assists to Mitchell Robinson, which means less than one out of every three games. Julius Randle, who was the assist leader for the Knicks, threw an assist to Mitchell Robinson. Interesting. Um, okay. So you do you have the stats up? Yeah, I got him right in front of me. You know what? We can actually answer this question with actual data, which is going to be really impressive. Okay, so it looks like... I hope this isn't the way these uh, people want the Patreon to go. Maybe it is the way they want it to go. This is my... My podcast now, baby. This is what you get. Guys, this is (laughs) If you go by net rating, then technically Randall and Barrett had a worse net rating combined. Um, Randall and Robinson are not close behind... Or not far behind... Uh, Which Randall, makes sense because the starting lineup was a complete disaster. Yeah, exactly. It, so, it also but, ma- it also makes sense because of the nature of Tibbs' substitutions. Like, if you look at the starting lineup's net ratings, they're all very similar because Tibbs basically employs a, a hockey shift substitution pattern. So, like, they're all just playing together all the time, um, which is, in my opinion, one of the worst things he tends to do. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Derek, but uh, I'll let you get no, back to I, it. But, I yeah, agree. I think that... I think that uh, Randall and Mitch and Randall and RJ being very similar makes sense because, like, think about Mitch's substitution pattern. It's always he starts the game, he gets subbed out with five minutes left in the first, and then he finishes the half, and then he starts the third, he gets subbed out with five minutes left in the third, and then if he's playing well, he finishes the game. You know, Tibbs likes to feel the end of the games out. But the point being... I would wager to guess that a huge percentage of Mitch and Randall's minutes came with RJ on the floor. Yes, that I know as well. Because if you go to like PVP stats and you start like filtering out the like the sections, like you can definitely see like there's barely any non overlap between like Randall and RJ. And so if two of the top four, I guess minimum five hundred minutes played, the mm-hmm. four worst. Duos by net rating this year for the Knicks all include Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, <laughs> RJ Barrett is the worst, followed by Kemba Walker, Julius Randle, followed by Kemba Walker, Mitchell Robinson, followed by Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. So Kemba Walker and the four guys he played with in the starting lineup. Yeah, definitely. So I do think, I think with actually all these players, except for quickly when Randle played, because when Randle did play with like the younger guys, he you did run it. a little bit more and, and along those lines. So, like, 
if you if I don't even think we can even rank it, it would just basically be like RJ, Evan, and Mitch because he and Fournier didn't have the same chemistry as him and Bullock, even though I think Fournier actually made more threes and more says the chemistry didn't feel right. So it's like the starting lineup with Randall. And then like it worked with IQ because quickly ran the show. And it I think that kind of shows it. It just like I think the three I just think the starting lineup with all those guys together just didn't work with Randall. And if we saw what worked and Tibbs still was just like Tibbs and the team were just like, nah, let's just keep running IQ off the bench. Yeah, Quickly's the only one that had a positive net rating with Randall of those guys. And um actually of all of these lineups with at least 500 minutes, quickly appears in one, two, three, four, five, six. He appears in six duos. All six of them have a positive net rating. Quickly has some of the best on-off numbers for the next. I've ever seen. Yeah, last year too. But both, yeah, yeah, both seasons. It's oh my yeah. god, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get into it because eventually we're going to get into uh, people. Well, not people. One person uh, hugs, making fun of my uh, love for RAPM. Which is the stat that loves Emmanuel quickly, like absolutely loves him. So, we'll as do all of its derivations. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, man. Like every single advanced metric is like play quickly all the minutes, and it's yeah. still like nothing. But yeah, I was I was gonna say, don't they all like LeBron loves him? They they just all love quickly. I don't. And when you they watch, do. when you watch, I just don't get it. I'm sorry, like I I don't want to go to on a rant this early, but like I don't get how there's a contingent of Nick fans who doesn't just see like we were playing one way when he didn't play. And then we play another way when he does play. I don't understand. It's like, I'm watching a different game than some of these people. It is. It was two, it was two separate teams and two separate games that the Knicks played. It was like the starting lineup game, the slow pace with Randall quickly. And Obi come in, they start running. RJ gets some time with him. The three of them look really well together. They all complement each other. You know, some is greater, you know, the, the hole is greater than the parts or whatever it is with those three. And then they just go back. So, all right. I, 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 uh, if, if you don't mind, I just want to push back uh, slightly against something you said about grouping the okay, starters. Fine. Oh, yeah, push back. <laughs> um, I think we can separate Fournier a little bit. I think you're a hundred percent right. I think, I think, I think a hundred percent right that he didn't have the um, chemistry that, that Randall didn't have the chemistry with Fournier that he had with Bullock. But, I think a decent amount of that is because Fournier actually tried to create off the bounce some, and like Randall was like, "No, if you're going to be a two man partner with me, you're gonna you're gonna run around and you're gonna catch and shoot, and that's it." And Bullock was more than happy to do that. I, that's actually a very fair point because I think that's the one thing Fournier was trying to get at and was frustrating. He's like, "We need to move the ball. We need to do different things." Like that's the things he talked about all the time. I'm actually I feel like I'm alone on like Fournier Island because I'm just like. He's good. So actually, if you look at so I'm on per36.com, which is great. They have this thing called the passing wheel. This is where I this is where I found these passing stats. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle threw more passes to Evan Fournier. Um, or Julius Ra- Evan Fournier off passes from Julius Randle shot 42% from three this season on 260 attempts, which is a higher percentage and more attempts than Reggie Bullock last season, which is shocking. It's shocking, and it's also, like, one of the things I think is underrated. When you look at, like, when you draw out three-point shooting, like, how you're supposed to, like, over, like, multiple seasons, Fournier is in, like, it's like Steph is in his own category, but he's always in the tier below Steph. <laughs> it's like he's he's an elite shooter. The Knicks finally have an elite three-point shooter. I don't know. Steven Ovac erasure will not be tolerated. 
well, you know, I mean, Novak was the greatest, but Fournier's doing this on volume. Dude, Fournier can play. So, all right, we're going to go to the next question. This is from, I know, playing with a, <laughs> with a gulliness. Um, I think we all want to know who Drew's top 10 prospects are for the next in this draft. <laughs> or my draft takes. Then, um, who is the le- my least favorite player in this year's draft? Uh, and who will be make you more disappointed the Knicks take him. Um, okay, so, guys, this is my draft knowledge. You're going to be really impressed by this. I want the Knicks to pick Johnny Bryan. Not Johnny Bryan. That's the assistant coach. Johnny, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Johnny Davis, because he was in a Taco Bell commercial. Then there's a guy from Arizona who's Math- Canadian. Matherin. Matherin. So he's another guy he's, that he's number two on my draft board. And then I also found out last week that there's another Canadian player called Shaden Sharp who played for Kentucky. He's number three <laughs> on my uh, draft board because I just want all of Team Canada in New York. Like, that's my goal is to just have all of Team Canada. So if the Knicks can find a way to get SGA and Wiggins in New York to play with RJ and, like, Kelly Olynyk. Not Tristan Thompson, but someone else. <laughs> I am all in on that. And that's really – and then, I don't know. Are there any centers that are potentially available? I don't want the Knicks to pick, like, a center at 11. I feel like that would be really bad. It's literally the only thing I care about is not using a premium draft pick on a center. I would also yeah. kind of prefer not a point guard either unless you're getting Ivy or some stud who you think is legit. Ooh, we're we're, we're going we're gonna to get into Ivy in a moment. But, yeah, like, I'm not – like I'm not doing those things. That like just just get the wing. Yeah, yeah. Just as a general principle, I want the wing. Um, and Shade and Sharp, I'm totally out on because Tyrese said he would trade Obi and next year's first to move up to seven for him from eleven. So I'm out on that. <laughs> well, you could just you could just say you're out on Tyrese, and the answer is always that was the implication. Yeah, the the answer is always <laughs> yes. We're <laughs> we're out on Tyrese. Of course, he would have a dumbass take like that. So, sorry, Gillian, that's all the uh, the draft talk I cannot get you. I'd just be disappointed in the center. I think there's a guy called Mark Jones. Mark, Mark Williams Smith. from Duke. There you go. I don't. He's a center. I don't. Mark want Jones is the guy who takes over for Mike Breen when he has COVID and drops stupid ass <laughs> catchphrases. Like he's he's, al- he's always talking about his Gucci bag. <laughs> 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 oh man! But uh, yeah. So yeah, Mark, whoever it was, whoever I said that guy, just don't pick him. He sounds like a center. He's probably good. I couldn't tell you what his game is. Just don't pick him at 11. If you want to drop back, I guess, if he's available at 20, sure. Right? Because the idea because Mitchell Robinson may leave, you probably need to bring in someone who's decent. But, like, don't not at 11. Just who, whatever Wayne falls. Someone's going to fall, right? <laughs> Just take whoever falls. So. Yeah, they've done a really good job of taking, wing, taking wings or guards who, I uh, in theory, can't be played off the floor, like, against elite teams. Like Kevin and Knox. we should <laughs> okay. This this administration has done a good job with it. Like their last two drafts have been so good. Um, so sure, if someone with like a super high feeling ceiling falls to them, okay. Or if they get if they think they can get like a good value to trade up. But if they're drafting at eleven, I think we should trust the administration to draft someone who's like a wing who can defend and shoot. And I it, it seems very clear that that's what they value. I agree. Derek, do you want to add anything before I move on to the very important next question? Nothing of value. 
Perfect. Okay. Next question is from Omar will fight Julius. How have you been with your Peloton workouts and what is your personal off season health and fitness goals? Okay, guys, are you guys Peloton? Um, are you part of the Peloton cult at all? Um, no, but I'm a supporter. <laughs> okay, Jeff. I am not either. I mean, I'm not, not a supporter. I just don't really care. Um, I, yeah, cool. I don't have one. You're a Peloton centrist. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so I do have a Peloton, and unfortunately for Omar, I don't use it as much as I should be using it. So uh, that's been kind of a waste of money, unfortunately, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then fitness goals. Do you guys have any fitness goals? I think my fitness goals are right now is just trying to be as consistent as I've been for the past like year and keeping that up in terms of just like whether it's running walking i do like my lifting once a week because like really difficult for me to <laughs> get more than like two or three sessions in but like that's what i'm doing riding my bike to work all that sort of stuff so those are my goals my goal is also another like a small thing would be getting over the uh the 30 inch box, box jumps oh, i finally broke that um wow. the other week it was yeah and i was and i was proud of that and i'm just like i gotta i gotta get more i gotta get up to 40 so um, my goal is to stand up during the commercials and <laughs> stand up during the commercials. <laughs> Jeff, um, I I uh, have I mean I don't want to say serious, but I have some pretty legit goals for myself. I'm in a wedding in like two months, so you know that's always a good time to try to look your best. Um, don't want to embarrass your fr- one of your closest friends. And just in general, I'm trying to be healthier overall, be more active. Um, not a lot of people know this because this is kind of a, not a burner, but I don't give away a lot of personal info. I um, am a semi-former professional poker player. Uh, that's what mm. I did for work from when I was 18 through, you know, I'm 32 now. So I've basically been doing that for 15 years. And it has a lot of perks. You know, it's nice to be able to work for yourself. But a downside is it's a very sedentary lifetime, lifestyle unless you uh, unless you make a uh, strong effort for it to not be. So now that I'm trying to sort of gear out of that, I'm trying to just be more active in general and be healthier in general. No, that's understandable. Did you were you someone who like wore the sunglasses and you had the AirPods <laughs> on? Pretty, um pretty I mean I have I have definitely as like a younger kid like I traveled to the Bahamas when I was 19 to play a poker tournament and I definitely had like some stupid glasses, you know, when I was playing <laughs> that, but the older you got, you just sort of sit there and <laughs> enjoy it. That's absolutely amazing. So how good are you at counting cards? Oh, no, did we lose Jeff? No, I'm here. No, we Okay. So can you count cards? Uh, no, I, I ha- that's, that's probably the weirdest thing about me is I have no interest and don't play really any of, like, your typical – um, like the, I don't even know what they're called. Like just the games you'd find in a regular casino. You know, I, I don't play blackjack. I don't know much about blackjack. I don't know much about gambling in general besides sports betting. Oh, okay. Well, you know what guys, this is a perfect segue for me doing an ad for DraftKings. So I gotta, I gotta read this exactly. You could be I like Jeff. Guys, you could be like Jeff and you know what? Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Okay. Join the finals action with DraftKings 
sports book and official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. So you guys can do some insane parlay. Like Steph's going to drop 10 threes. Clay's going to score 60 points again. You know, and with um, with a DraftKings same-day parlay, you could do just that. And you can turn anything into, I don't know, thousands of dollars. Like they said right here, like a customer. I don't know who this customer is, but he placed a $5 bet, same-game parlay, and won over $5,000. And another thing that was uh, highlighted there, I have to go, boom. So, <laughs> um Call to action, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Then, um, you know, all the good stuff, like minimum age and restrictions apply. Um if you have a gambling um, problem, I, I would suggest you call 1-800-GAMBLER and do all that sort of stuff, too. So that's my ad read. Congrats. Bringing in the money now. Sorry you had the bear. Everyone at the bear with me with that. So DraftKings. Um, you can also type in the promo code Doug on a DraftKings. I don't know what it'll do, but if you want to type it in, <laughs> go for it. All right. Uh, next question. I think I'll have to do that once. So, next question. People are paying is, Patreon. They don't need all these ads. Come on, come on, Alex. Oh, that's actually a, that's actually a good point. Um, guys, if you pat- patrons, if you're upset about ads <laughs> in this episode, complain at Alex Wolf, the Alex Wolf <laughs> on Twitter, and tell and tell him you don't want ads anymore. Um, all right. This is all right. So we have another uh, another question. It's related to me for again from Jacks three sixty five. Uh, t- uh, Tiz needs to go to the Hague. Should the strict court hold a campaign to get Alan Hahn to accept your friend request on Peloton? So, <laughs> since you guys probably have no idea, Alan Hahn came on an episode with Schwinn and I back in the day on a podcast where he because Alan Hahn was really adamant that the Knicks needed the trade for Russell Westbrook to bring in veteran leadership and all that sort of stuff. So he came on the show to really like really argue with us. And then he was like, Oh, is that a Peloton in the back? And I was like, yeah, man, I got my Peloton. He goes, I got a Peloton too. And then we gave each other our screen names and I'm like, Oh shit. You know, like, Hey, Alan Han wants to, we can do some workout stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Whatever. Right. Followed him. Never followed me back. Never followed me back. So I have a, I have a grudge now with Alan Han for, for that. So yeah, that's, that's the story. Um, no guys do not. Turn out to a campaign to get Alan Han to follow me on a Peloton bike that I barely use anymore. <laughs> so don't bother with that. And then, um, which player does Drew love that is terrible and his favorite metric? My favorite metric is RAPM. Um, I'm pretty sure like David Nawaba has a terrible RAPM. He's so that's probably a guy. Um, Frank's isn't that high. It's still a plus, but it's not. It's not that high. Um, I would venture to guess RJ Barrett's isn't so hot. Yeah, so that's actually a good one. RJ Barrett is probably my favorite player with a really bad <laughs> adjusted on off um, plus minus thing. So yeah, RJ will be that guy. Um, I'm assuming you guys aren't like diving into like NBA shot charts for RAPM to be like, who's your favorite? 
low guy. So we're just going to move on unless you guys really have someone. Uh, I could pull it up if you want. No. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you. I feel like I feel like you nailed it with RJ. That's just such a good answer, and like, it's also a yeah. very good encapsulation why even a statistic as good as RAPM can be flawed. Because I'm sure we'll get into oh, we're it gonna, later. We are going to get into later because fucking hugs. So um, Fazil, and then is so Fazil has a question, and then it's followed up by Schwinn. Interesting enough, he had enough time to write down a question for us. Um, hanging out with my mom, I guess. So. From Basil, if the front office think Ivy is their guy, what are you comfortable giving up? And what do we think the Kings will want? And then Schwinn had a question that's related to that. And he goes, listening to the mailbag last week, you guys said that IQ or OB plus the 11th pick plus a 2023 top five first round pick, you know, protected first round pick to move up to four for Ivy would be too much of an overpay. But if you think Ivy truly is a star, in the making with lead guard potential without any concerns about size. Isn't that actually a pretty cheap cost to acquire him? So I'm going to blend those kind of things in. So you guys kind of heard the, uh, the trade proposal that, um, that was suggested myself, Alex and, uh, Marty Wilpon were all like, it's too, it's an overpay in terms of like the Knicks and the Kings should take it. We're obviously not draft people, but I do think Schwinn has a, pretty legitimate point there, right? And so, in along with um, Basil as well, right? Like, if Ivy really is the guy, they should move up. And giving up, like, Obi and or quickly in those picks, I feel, it is a no-brainer, right? Wouldn't you say if Ivy really is the guy? So, I think if we're talking about someone who talk about lead guard potential, someone who's going to be an above-average NBA player, pick and roll ball handling, isolation, passing, uh, no concerns about size, someone with like 6'11 wingspan, Mm -hmm. um, that would be a pretty impressive player that I'd want on my team. Uh, And everything I just said also applies to Emmanuel Quickly. That's true too. In this trade. So (laughs) the short answer to that deal is I would pretty much be a strong no if we're giving up IQ and OB and – a pick. Um, no, it was just either or of those two. So it would be either quickly or OB 11 and then a top five protected 20. Got it. I would do that with OB personally. Um, mm-hmm. I like OB, but I, I don't think he's a guy. I think he's a guy. I don't think he's a, a the guy. I don't think he's a starter on a championship team based on what I've seen. I think IQ can be that guy. So again, this is with me knowing very peripheral amounts of information about Jaden Ivey, but yeah. <laughs> to, to give up IQ and a pick for him. Jeff? The reason that IQ is a weird addition in that, or would be a, a weird lead in that trade from the Knicks perspective is because in my opinion, quickly is someone who has proven he could play with a guy like Ivy. Now this isn't to say that this isn't to say that Obi couldn't, but with the Kings already having Fox and Mitchell, would they really be trading like to move down from 4 to 11 just to get a guy like Quickly who at best would be a six-man for them? It definitely seems like, from a mutuality standpoint, the Knicks should 
have Obi in that deal, and the Kings would probably prefer to have Obi in that deal. So, but Obi yeah, and Sabonis. I, I, um, that's a good point too. That's yeah, that's that's a fair point. So I guess I don't see why they would. I, I mean, I guess I just think Obi's more volatile in general. Uh, I agree with what you were just saying, Derek, about you know preferring quickly to Obi. But I still think at this point it's probable that quickly has the higher ceiling, maybe. Uh, or excuse me, Obi has the the uh, the higher ceiling. Apologies. Um, I wouldn't do this with quickly in it because I just I like him so much as a player, um, and I I agree that I would do it with Obi. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.